Hey guys, it's your boy, Justin Time Carter. So, in typical fashion for that Pixel Life podcast, this past week, Shannon had the unfortunate accident of breaking his MacBook Pro. I mean, that's what happens, you know, when you play, you know, Simbu no Waifu, Puzzle Match, uh, 30 Years of Dungeon on Steam. And, you know, the patch doesn't install right to, uh, you know, uncensor it and it kind of wrecks your stuff. So I edited the podcast uh, for this week. So please, please enjoy um, all the fun little edits I did. Stick around to the end for some, uh, some, some good good. And enjoy the theme song that I recorded from my cell phone. So <laughs> have fun, everybody. Welcome to That Pixel Life. This is episode 165, recording November 7, 2021. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we are going to be discussing Sony investing in some indie games. Uh, Zuckerberg metaversing up Facebook, just the clusterfuck that is that. Um, and, you know, it's it's about time we had a conversation, and, and Shannon's not here, which is fitting. But sometimes you just need to get good at games. And we need to talk about that. So can we talk about getting good? I think we should. And to do that, I have with me, as always, Mr. Justin, full bowl of Halloween candy, Carter. Dude, how is, how is your Halloween? My Halloween was pretty good. It was uh, it was pretty good. We did a uh, little trick-or-treating in the neighborhood. It's a good neighborhood for trick-or-treating here. Lots of kids. This is a neighborhood teeming with children. So uh, lots of kids were out on these streets. Holding see, up that's, people for candy. That's what I thought was going to happen this year because last year, I mean, we live right next to an elementary school mm-hmm. and not too far from a middle school. And so last year, even with the COVID mandate, we got like a ton of kids. So I made sure to stock up on candy this year. Like yeah. I got like four bags. I was like, you know, I'm sure it's even going to be busier this year now that, you know, there's no restrictions yeah. and stuff. And about, you know, 630, it gets dark, like start getting some of the younger kids and stuff coming Mm -hmm. around. I set up in the driveway with my bowl of candy and I was watching like intervention on my phone and shit, just like (laughs) waiting for people to walk up. And just to set the mood, you're like, I'm not depressed enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Intervention. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, get him, corner him. Um, But yeah, by about. I was going to stay out till about 8.30 and about like 8.06 rolls around and I'm like looking down the street and I can't see anybody in like uh, eyesight. And I was like, dude, I'm not sitting out here for like another 25 minutes waiting for someone to come. So I packed it up and I still have a full bowl of leftover Halloween candy. And it's like Megan, will, it's in the laundry room still and she'll mm. walk by and snag a couple pieces when we go to get water. Like yeah, I'm yeah. like sitting there just popping lim- like my tongue went numb the other day because I ate like three or four lemon heads like in a row. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I need to slow down. <laughs> well, see, and what's bad now is you don't have the office to go to to just take it all. 
You know, like that was always the move is you'd bring all that candy to the office and be yeah. like, everyone go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I put it in the break room. What now it, mm-hmm. it's here at the home office and the only two employees are me and Megan and we're just <laughs> wolfing it down. And, and your, and, and your employees are just going nuts. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, we, my kids cleaned up because, uh, you were right. As far as my neighborhood, uh, people went fucking ham over here. Like it was, it was as crowded as I've ever seen it for Halloween. Like there were so many people out on the street. Everyone was passing out candy. Cause usually, you know, in a neighborhood you might get 50% that are like participating. Yeah. Seemed, lights it, are on porch yeah. lights. And, and a lot of people did what you, what you did. They, they were set up in their driveways, you know, and that sort of thing. But I mean, it seemed like 80% of the neighborhood this year was, was out, out in force. And so my kids came out with like two just, grossly heavy bags of candy and yeah we let them kind of go nuts on it for a week and then we're like okay that's enough that's enough of that like seriously um my two favorite caught so last year my my favorite trick-or-treater was a kid who i was like in the house watching like eating dinner or whatever watching bob's burgers like hadn't really set up yet for trick-or-treating and then someone like rang the doorbell and I opened it and it's this kid and he's like looking in the house and he's like, whoa, you guys have Hulu and starts walking in my house. And I'm like, whoa, oh, and buddy. like push him out. And he's like sitting there like asking me about Hulu. I'm like, dude, whatever, take your candy and leave. And then like yeah. 20 minutes later, he was back, but with his friend and his friends like trick or treat, and he's like, "See, this is the house I was telling you with Hulu." And I'm like, "Where are your parents? Like, why are you here still?" Like, I, I'm like, I already gave you candy. I'm like, you're not getting any more. Like, piss off. Like, he's like hanging out of your window watching Bob's Burgers. He's yeah, like, dude, he's, yeah. He's like, "But you guys got premium," and I'm like, "Dude, what are you like Comcast? Like, get yeah. out of here, man." You're like, uh... but but this year, uh, my two favorite costumes. One was a family costume, and it was mm. dad, mom, and daughter. Dad was Mario, mom was Luigi, and the daughter was Elsa. Uh, and the reason it was just so funny is you could tell that like a conversation happened there where they're like, "All right, you know, I'm gonna be Mario, mom's gonna be Luigi, and you get to be Princess Peach." And then it's like, daughter's like, "I want to be Elsa." Yeah, and it's yeah. like you know, just totally ruined the group dynamic, which is hilarious. I I, I support it. I like that. That's hilarious. Um. Now we, so there was one house where these people went nuts. They did their entire front yard that looked like some type of like psycho circus thing mm-hmm. with like scary clowns and like kind of a carnival look to the whole thing and stuff. And my son, who is seven, was like, "Nah, nah, bro, I'm good. I ain't, I ain't going in there." Uh, and he was I got dressed, enough candy. <laughs> yeah, he was dressed like an Indoraptor, by the way, and. And I'm like, no, dude, it's Halloween. Like, this is they're trying to be scary, but they're still giving away candy. Like, look, children are going in there and leaving with candy. Like, nothing is happening. It's fine. And he's like, nah, nah, I'm good. Meanwhile, my four year old, who was a uh, glitter witch, glitter witch. Yes, (laughs) sure, why not? Um, She. She just charges right in there, high fives the scariest looking clown, and is like, "Oh, sweet, I get to pick candy. Thanks, bro." <laughs> like grabs it, and then so so at that point, I'm like, I make my son go, and I'm like, "Dude, your four year old sister is is handling business. Can you just go get a piece of candy?" And the guy was like, "Here, man, just take like hands me a piece of candy to give to him." 
He's like, he doesn't need to come over here. It's fine. Just give him a piece of candy. And, and I'm like, well, and I turn around. I'm like, you better say thank you. And, and my son over my shoulder goes, thanks, murderer. And <laughs> thanks, murderer. That's I figured so good. I was going to reprimand him, but I figured like that probably made that dude's entire night. You know, right. so I'm like, yeah, all right. That was good. Yeah, no, that's like one of those things that you like, you know, will bring up at his like wedding or something. Oh, like, you'd be like, oh, remember when you were like this oh. high and you called some dude a murder? Yeah, when it when his prom date comes over to the house, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent wheeling first that girlfriend story up. bust out the yeah, album yeah. book. You're like, let me tell yeah, you something. We are we are backing up that truck real quick. Like, oh, let me tell you some stories. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was a good night though. A lot of a lot of hijinks, good times, and then uh, my my wife's brother goes completely insane. I should send you some pictures of. Uh, so he started uh, decorating their mom's house when he still lived there, like when he was a teenager uh, in high school and stuff. But he he goes back every year now. He's he's in his thirties, but he goes back every year and still decorates that house, and it's it's like professional level decorations, like. It, like people hire him to do their decorating type stuff. Jesus. And, and it's just, it's the coolest shit. Like he made by hand, all of these like fake candles that look like they're like wax dripping candles with like flickering flames. But like he made them all out of like PVC pipe and shit, but they're all like super well treated and crazy looking. And it has all these effects. He built the whole, uh, wreath from Nightmare Before Christmas that like eats things, but it, it like is articulated and it moves and blinks and all this stuff. And he like it hangs over the garage. It's it's crazy. So we went down uh, there uh, after the kids were done. We we pulled the plug on trick or treating at seven thirty after I figured like okay, neither one of these kids can carry their own bags anymore. <laughs> My wife and I are carrying their bags because they're too heavy. So we're like, we're pulling the plug on trick-or-treating. We're going to go see grandma's house and then uh, head home. (laughs) Call it a night. Yeah, that's what we did. Trying to get them up for school the next day. It was one of those, like, we got them up and moving. And I said a prayer for their teachers and was like, all right, good good luck, guys. Have have fun. I'll see you tonight. It's where you wake up and you bring them each a little cup of coffee because they got that candy hangover. Drag your ass out of bed. The sugar hangover was real. Like they were not, they were not having it. But uh, no, it was good times. It was fun. Um, Yeah, that that is crazy though. When I consider like Halloween has happened since the last time we recorded, it seems like in my mind that that was like weeks ago. But here we are. Uh, actually, I just put put away all the Halloween stuff for good today. Actually, we took it took all the rest of it down. So, well, we have a uh, eight foot tall T Rex in my front yard that we keep up year round, and it uh, it gets decorated for all major holidays and seasons. And uh, we wrapped the whole thing in bandages, like a mummy. Uh, well, it's not bandages; it was actually white cloth that we cut into strips and wrapped it up like a mummy. So uh, then it poured rain. <laughs> so I needed to wait a few days. And finally today it was dry enough that I, uh, I disrobed the, the T-Rex and put all the bandages away. So <sighs> finally, and, f- finally ready to move on. And now you put on his little vest and buckler and little pilgrim hat for Thanksgiving. Uh, we, you know, we can't find one big enough for that. <laughs> like that's a, that's the main issue. The, uh, the real, 
the real one comes, we have a whole Santa outfit for there you go. So, so that, that'll come out soon, but, but yes, ah, good times. Good times. Anyway, I suppose we should discuss some video game stuff. Huh? Um, I don't know if you've noticed Justin, but Devolver digital has been on a tear this year. They have released some bangers out there this year. Loop Hero being amongst them. And uh, they seem to have uh, gotten the interest of Sony when the announcement came this last week that Sony made a 5% investment into Devolver Digital, uh, which essentially equates to like $10 million, something like that. Uh, into Devolver Digital, uh, making it the largest based company uh, to be on the London Stock Exchange, our US-based company to be uh, on the London Stock Exchange. According to the story, that doesn't seem right to me. Like 2K doesn't exist, but maybe 2K isn't (laughs) US-based. I don't know. Um, But anyway, uh, the influx of capital does not change any ownership or anything like that. So I don't expect there to be any, uh, you know, exclusivity issues coming up where games are only coming to PlayStation or anything like that. But I think it speaks to that Devolver Digital has just consistently been knocking it out of the park with titles. And Sony goes, hey, I'll take a piece of that action if it's for sale. Uh, Give me 5% of all that. I think I like it. So, I mean, if it can keep them cranking stuff out like Loop Hero and Death's Door and, you know, before that there was Hotline Miami um, they've got, uh, the lamb cult of the lamb that's coming out that me and you really want to play. Yeah. I mean, Carrion was on multiple of our game yep. of the year lists the previous year. So, and, and that had a Microsoft investment. So, yeah. you know, like that, I think that Sony sees an, in, in ability to get in there and get, get an edge and they're taking it. And I, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I find it pretty interesting. No, I'm like super happy for them and stuff. And I feel like, honestly, like if it was on the table, I feel like someone like Microsoft or Sony would have probably acquired them. Mm-hmm. Like by like actually just taking them under the wing as like a studio. But I almost would like out of all the companies, I would say Devolver would be one of the few that like despite like the dollar amount or something that like wouldn't do something like that because they like genuinely want to kind of stay independent and not mm-hmm. be under like the triple A kind of category and stuff and support small developers. But uh, yeah, you look at their track record this year, literally Loop Hero, Death's Door, mm-hmm. and Inscription, which I know between yeah. all of us, at least like one of those games is like somewhere on our list. For game of the year this year i mean potentially all three once yeah, we actually exactly. play death store so yeah, yeah i was like i will be buying death store once it comes out on switch this month so and you know it also gave them the the capital like the same announcement came out that they acquired uh crodium which makes the talus principle uh dodge roll which made enter, enter the gungeon uh and firefly studios which does a stronghold series like so devolver immediately use this influx of cash to go ahead and solidify their own teams. Cause I mean, Devolver is a publisher. They're not, they're not a yeah. 
game maker, but they went and invested, turned around and took that money and invested in a series of game makers of developers to solidify their publishing base, which I think speaks to the plan they have. Like they, they, I mean, they've got, they've had their own E3 show for a while now. Like Mm -hmm. they, I think they are ready to make some moves and become a bigger fish. And it's exciting because I like, I like the market that Devolver goes for. They go for unique games, but they go for games that seem to, you know, really maximize gameplay over anything else. You know, they're not big and flashy and going for show and all that stuff, which are, which is fine, you know, but there's no, uh, but I think also when you do that, you have expectations, you know, like we've, we've talked about on the show multiple times, but you know, when Microsoft rolled out Halo Infinite that first time, you know, it had a bunch of expectations and when they showed what they showed and the entire internet went, uh, what? No, that ain't it. Uh, you know, like that, it gave them a whole bunch of problems. They had delay it a year, cost a whole bunch of money, all of that. And, you know, Devolver doesn't have those issues. You know, if, if, I mean, inscription, we love inscription. If inscription came out and didn't hit, no one's blinking at Devolver. They're just like, okay, chalk that one up onto the next game, you know? And, and so getting bigger has bigger problems with it, but at the same time, I, I think it speaks well for their strategy as a corporation that they're not exposing themselves to that sort of, you know, those sort of problems. For I sure. Mean, if that makes sense. No, it does. And, you know, I, you, we have really got to see them grow over the past. The fact that they do have their own E3 show, like, mm-hmm. like Bethesda and Sony and Nintendo and stuff, while others really don't, or if they do, it's like a fraction of like, you know, they go all out for their pre, like their presentations at this point, like also really make E3 because it's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. And since like more and more people have kind of bailed out of E3, I'm happy that they've kind of stuck with it. And it's kind of one of those like few things like every E3, like on the bingo card, like look forward to and stuff is Devolver's presentation. I, I do always love their presentation though. Like what was it? The, uh, the one with the fake CEO was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. The this- one where they had their own like fake currency, like Bitcoin thing that when you went to the website to buy it, the price constantly changed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or this year's with the, uh, the fake ad agency. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Like they, it just speaks to the company. Like they're just so damn clever. Like they're so good. You know? So I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready for more devolver in my life. Um, you know what I'm not ready for though, Justin, <laughs> I don't think is anyone ready for the metaverse. Does anyone want this? <laughs> Dude, did you um see that the like the only real thing I've seen from the uh the metaverse thing was like a meme someone made where it was like he Zuckerberg was on like Good Morning America or whatever and they're all sitting there and their thing he's like, Yeah, he's like and they're sitting there talking, he's like, Yeah, check out what I can do and then he just like gets like a pair of breasts and it's just like Womp. and they're like, Well, he's like, Yeah, pretty cool, huh? <laughs> It's like someone obviously like photo, but it they did it so cleanly that yeah. it's like if you didn't know what was going on, you'd kind of question if that was real or not, like for a split second. Oh jeez. Um, no, but the uh, the main issue, and it's funny because it's something I saw on Twitter too, because it's like so everything I'm seeing that the metaverse can do, what they're selling me as, and if you go watch this presentation, God bless you, because I can make it through about a minute of it, and I'm like, now nah, I'm out. Um, 
is, uh, it, you know, if you can answer this question while you're watching it, like, why wouldn't I just text this person? Why wouldn't I just call this person? Why wouldn't I just use a myriad of things that already exist and are simpler than this option <laughs> for, for handling this problem? Um, I don't know. It's, I mean, and it's pretty funny because like they have their own engineering staff being like, yeah, th- no one knows what the hell's going on. They're just saying do it and they've got the money to do it. So we're doing it like no one knows what, what this is. Um, and who knows, maybe in 20 years, the metaverse is ready player one and we're all stuck in the machine. Who knows? <laughs> but um, they're off to a rocky start when they went and called themselves meta only to have a company being like, Hey bro, we're, we exist. And, and we're named meta. And remember when you tried to buy us, like buy the name from us and we said no. And then you named yourself meta anyway. Yeah. So we're going to see you in court. Have fun with that. Um, so that's, that's new. That's ongoing, which I find pretty entertaining. Apparently it's a PC maker out of uh, your home state of Arizona named meta PC that has already has like the meta.com web address and, and all this stuff, like all the socials and uh, yeah, they're not giving it up without a fight and, and they shouldn't like, you can't get bullied out of that. The law exists to protect you in these situations. And it's also one of those, like, they're not even asking for that much money. They're asking for like $20 million. It's like, just cut them a check and tell them to go away. <laughs> like, just make your problem go away with money. Facebook. Like, that's right. Do, I was right? Like, that's like nothing for yeah. the, what used to be Facebook. <laughs> They, they probably have made that since we've been recording. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean in perpetuity. I mean, in the last 28 minutes, you know, like it's <laughs> probably what they've made. But, um, the, uh, the, the other side of this is your Oculus brand is going away. It is now going to be the meta rift or whatever it is, or quest or blah, blah, blah. Um, and you're no longer need a Facebook account for your Oculus stuff to work. Uh, but now you need a meta account. Who the hell knows? I don't know. The faster I can get rid of all that crap, the better. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I need to get to the point with the older generation. I know to be like, come find me in these places. I'm not going to be on Facebook. <laughs> that's literally the only reason I have it still is like my mom and all of her siblings are on Facebook and that's about it. You know? Um, I mean, really, when's the last time you were on Facebook? I mean, I go on, like I go on Facebook from time mm-hmm. to time, but rarely ever do I post anything outside of like, I don't know, like whatever I'm working on, or it's not like I really post on people's walls or mm-hmm. anything. I use mess like messenger or whatever. Sometimes to talk to like a couple people and that's like pretty much it. Yeah. Post the occasional dog picture. I usually, if I'm posting to Facebook, it's because I have it linked to my Twitter and I forgot to unlink it. That's nine times out of 10. If something goes on my Facebook, I'm like, oh, wait, why am I getting likes on Facebook? That's weird. And I'll push it. And I'm like, oh, it was that Twitter post from two days ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like that thing that I didn't actually post on here, but came on here anyway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I should probably go through and sever that connection at some point. I just need to figure out how to do it, but Hey, you know, whatever. Something I did 10 years ago that seemed like a good idea. Um, but yeah, so that thing's a whole cluster. As soon as we can remove Facebook from our lives, the better, 
Um, My thing is, like, how did Facebook's legal team, like, not look that up and be like, oh, there's already a company called Meta? Or they obviously did do that, and Zuckerberg was, like, stuck on that name, and then they're like, no, I like this name, and this is what we're going to do. I mean, I guarantee you the conversation was probably like, well, that name exists, and he's like, but that's our name. They're like, yes, but if we do that, we're going to get sued. And he's like, so what, it's going to cost us money? That's fine go and it was like you know that's it you know and like they're gonna try to lowball their way out of it and if they can't whatever they'll end up paying and that'll be the end of the end of it no they're just gonna try to bully their way through it and i hope they get taken to task and have to pay way more than they want to but uh well we will see how it plays out another thing we'll see how it plays out by the way hey uh remember was it 2017 I want to say maybe it was 2018 when they said they're making Overwatch 2. Because, <laughs> because man, I I get a I get, I get a feeling that game might never come out, Justin. I I don't know. I get a feeling like they've now said Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 are not going to be arriving as originally planned. Uh, Blizzard announced this, by the way, uh, the same day they announced that one of their co-leads of the entire company was leaving the company which she said she was doing uh, because the blizzard was in such great shape that she feels the need that she needs to go elsewhere to, uh, to in, do something. I, I don't know. Like it, anyway, ship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those like, you know, you never usually go leave a company because they're doing so good. And uh, well, hold on. It's, I want you to hear from me personally. I made the decision to step away from co-leading Blizzard Entertainment and transition to a new position before departing uh, at the end of the year. This is uh, O'Neill, the uh, woman who left. And I'm totally blanking on her first name. Jen O'Neill. Sorry. I was going to say Jane and I knew that was wrong. Um, Jane O'Neill wrote today, I'm doing, I'm not doing this because I am without hope for Blizzard. Quite the opposite. The energy has inspired me to step out and explore how I can do more to have games and diversity intersect and hopefully make a broader industry impact that will benefit Blizzard as well. No, no, bro. Like, I'm sorry. I'm calling complete bullshit on that. Like, yes, it's inspired you to leave the company. It's doing so well. You are like, Oh, I can't, this, this whole thing has gone so swimmingly. I can't wait to leave and do something yeah. like, nah, that's not hmm. like, well, my work here is done boys. Yeah, totally. Just let me dust off my paws, just hit the doors. Um, but anyway, yeah, the same day that happened, uh, that Jen O'Neill left or announced that she was leaving, uh, Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 were announced that they are getting pushed back. Um, and when are they getting pushed back to? That is a great guess because they did not say. Uh, essentially, they are indefinitely delayed. And uh, the quote is, it has become apparent to some of Blizzard content planned for next year will benefit from more development time to reach its full potential. Who knows what the hell that even means? Um my best guess is maybe Overwatch 2 never comes out because the landscape for that game has completely changed since they have announced it. And Diablo 4, or, or, or let me ask you this, Justin. Do you think these games are getting delayed indefinitely because they're 
is so much internal turmoil, so much turnover. They've lost so many people and are hiring new people that they need all this time to kind of get everything back up to speed. Or are these games mostly done, but they know releasing them right now would be horrendous for sales? Because I, I, think... can, I can see the argument where they're like, yeah, we could release Diablo 4 in like February, or we could release it in 2023 when a lot of this is blown over and people like us again. I think, honestly, it's a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. For Diablo 4, I totally see that being the case of it almost being done and just with all the shit that's going on right now, then being like, <laughs> we will lose X amount of dollars if we release this now versus yeah. our like profit recovery or whatever will heavily increase if we like wait on this. Whereas uh, Overwatch 2, like you were saying, like no one's even talking about that. I don't think anyone gives a shit. I don't even think Blizzard really gives a shit about it anymore. Well, and, and like so some I of the like, you know the leagues, the esport angle of it is kind of shutting down now. Yeah, and, and it's like it kind of started out as like it was its own game, and then it's kind mm -hmm. of just like DLC for the first game, and it's very. I think it's very confused, and like you said, with all the the mass like walkouts and protests mm. and people in leadership leaving. Like I think blizzards kind of all over the place right now. So I think they're trying to effectively like regroup and restructure and stuff. And that's going to be delaying a lot of their yeah. current and future projects. I'm, I'm curious to see the timeline of this. Like, you know, if, if blizzard does somehow come out the other side of this, looking decent or at least putting enough time between them and their issues that, you know, public sentiment begins to turn back towards them. By the way, Call of Duty came out last week. Did you know that? Did you know Call of Duty came out last week? Because Dude, I have seen that, nothing about that. That's nothing. what's insane is usually like Call of Duty gets the shit marketed out of it. Like you yeah. can't help but like see like every commercial like on the side of like Coke cans and shit, like mm -hmm. inside the store, like marketing it. And yeah, I had no, I've seen more stuff I think for battlefield than I've seen for call of duty. Yeah, definitely. I mean, call of duty usually gets marketed like it's Madden, you know? Yeah. And, and there's nothing out there for it. I mean, maybe an ad or two, but I have not seen the blitzkrieg to use a pun uh, of, of advertising that you usually see for call of duty. Um, so yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how this all works out for, for Activision and blizzard. Cause I mean, people are still going to buy call of duty, obviously, and people would still buy Diablo four. I think if it got released, but I don't think they would buy it in the numbers. They know it could, which makes me think that maybe there's just something to this delay. That's not quite just the game, you know? Yeah. Um, well, let's have a little conversation because, you know, this Elden Ring that's coming out, by the way, Elden Ring got delayed just a couple months, though, just got pushed back to what, April, I want to say. Yeah, um, it's still next year. Yeah, it went from February to April. Um, and uh, but they came, they put a gameplay trailer out there. It totally looks like some. Uh, it, it kind of had a. Dark Souls meets like Shadow of Mordor type of vibe to it a little bit for me. Um, yeah, sure. it's very like very mish. Like it's almost like they took Bloodborne, Sekiro, 
and Dark Souls and mm-hmm. kind of took elements from all of them and just kind of like combined them together in this Lord of the Rings, like high fantasy world mixed with like the Bloodborne universe. And it seemed kind of open worldy, which is, you know, different for, for this franchise or this series, I guess, uh, from software games. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of on board. Like, I like them a lot, but... But the the debate reared its ugly head yet again. Every time a From Software game comes out, what, what about a little accessibility? What about a little help to these players? Like they these this team builds so much into these worlds. There's so much lore. There's so many amazing bosses. There's so many amazing landscapes. Things they they just go hard in the paint for all of this stuff, and so many players never see it. They get two hours into the game. They bang their head against the wall over the first boss. And then they're just like, screw it. I'm done. I'm out. I know multiple people in Dark Souls 3 that literally got to the first encounter. That's not even a boss. It's one of the guys that's kind of like, I guess it could be like a mid boss, but it's one of the dudes that has like the huge, you know, you rip the head off and it becomes this like big tendril thing that swipes at you. Yeah. And, and in reality, that is training you like this happens 15 minutes into the game. It's not like it's it's a big encounter even. But I know multiple people that could not beat that and just walked. They're like, no, nope, done. Screw it. Screw this game. And they missed out on so much. Dark Souls 3 has so many amazing set pieces and so many amazing encounters. And there's so much to see. But like that initial encounter was so just kick you in the nuts tough that it drew people it people did not have the fortitude to even get past that and it's like i know the that's the point of these games i know you're you know you're supposed to get good you know how about how about you just stop complaining and just start getting better how about that but I and mean, people don't have time man i i got two kids i don't have a lot of time to just sit and get good at games anymore like how about how about you give me an easy difficulty? How about you knock it down a couple pegs? I don't know. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. So in a group chat with some of my friends and stuff, this came up once the Bloodborne trailer, not Bloodborne, uh, Elden Ring trailer came up, and you know I I've played all the Dark Souls and I've played Bloodborne. I haven't played Sekiro, uh, but you know I'm looking forward to Elden Ring and I'm definitely going to get it when it comes out and I'm a huge fan of the souls games. And I know this has been a topic that anytime a from software game comes out, mm-hmm. it gets brought up the difficulty and like accessibility and video games and stuff like that. And to me, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's like the developer's choice, but I think it also, it depends on what I guess like the handicap is. Like, my thing is, like, what would an easy mode in, like, a Dark Souls game look like? Like, when I was talking with my friend Troy about, like, he brought up how, like, in Control, like, you have, like, a God mode, basically, where Mm -hmm. you can't die. And I feel like in a game like Control, though, that works. Because you're literally just going from A to B, basically, shooting enemies, doing whatever. It doesn't really impact the like flow of the game at all because you're really just going to the next story beat and that's kind of like what you're doing go from a to b shoot stuff go from a to b 
get some more story. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Dark Souls, it doesn't really have that story to rely on. A lot of it's there if you're looking for it, but it's really heavily focused on the like studying patterns and you know exploring the world and stuff like that where like not dying i think would negatively impact the game it would take all the challenge out of the game basically if you couldn't die for instance you're just running up just hitting stuff like to get to there's no get to the next point because once you beat that it's like okay well now i just walk around and do whatever but like i told him even if say for an easy mode they gave you extra estes flasks like you got more souls um and you were like level 89 in the game you could still get wrecked by three dudes oh yeah like out of nowhere and immediately die so it's like even with those extra bonuses i don't think it would make the game that much easier for someone who's struggling that hard the thing the thing i think you could do is you kick the player a couple Estus flasks or make them like auto renewing or something like that. And then you just nerf the bosses a little bit. I mean, you don't got to go crazy, but there are some bosses in there where two hits, and I don't care how leveled up you are two hits and you're dead. You almost, well, yeah, have you to get, be, you get stun locked. It's over. Yeah, like, you, you're almost just have, standing there. you almost have to be perfect to beat them, especially in some of the late game stuff. And, you know, that's just, that's not going to, there's a certain set of players that can do that, but not everyone can do that. And it's, you know, and that's where accessibility really comes in. And it's not, you know, you know, the, the, the choir call of just get good. There are some people out there that just physically can't, you know, like they, they physically can't do what you're asking the player to do. And that sucks because, you know, Bloodborne and and Dark Souls 3, I'll just use those two games. There's some fantastic lore in there. You know, the whole Lords of Cinder thing with Dark Souls, if you if like you said, you have to dig for it. But if it's if you want to find it, it's really cool and super intricate and like really neat when you kind of unlock another piece of the puzzle and kind of are putting it together for yourself and or you know, Bloodborne when the whole thing goes eldritch horror on you out of nowhere. And, and everything and and you're you're trying to figure out like what it, what even is the hunter and who's that you know girl at the at the hunter house and and all that <laughs> stuff and you're trying to piece all this stuff together and and you know that's part of the charm of those games is they never come out and explain it but it's all there if you want to find it and you know it's uh in yeah bloodborne's one of those games you come through that first part of Yarnum and you go to the left instead of the right at the first part of the game and you don't really have your feet under you, you just get wrecked. And it's like a holy shit. And that's part of the game. That's part of the game. I know. I know. I can hear you typing already. Stop. I understand you're supposed to learn to go to the right and not to the left. And yes, you get wrecked. And then yes, you've got to figure out how to like farm those stupid werewolves before you get to the demon on the bridge. Like I understand it. I get it. I know. But guys, I don't have like six hours to figure that out. Like, Make make that a, a one and a half hour process to figure that out. You know, like I don't I don't have the time to like be able to fly through that whole section in 15 minutes and kill that demon in five and move on with my life. I know it's possible. I've watched Twitch channels of people doing it every single day. It's it, I know it's not that big of a deal. 
except for my 42 year old hands, I can't do it anymore. Like I don't have those reflexes, you know, like they, they don't exist. There's a reason I don't play multiplayer shooters anymore. I suck. I don't have the hand eye coordination anymore. Um, but yeah. And, and so it's, it's a bummer when you see something that's there and it's super interesting and it's totally like up my alley of stuff. I love to, to check out and read. And I know I'll just never see it unless I watch a video of it. And, and for me looking at Elden Ring, I'm like, yeah, that looks awesome. That looks amazing. I can't wait to try it. I know I'm never going to finish it. I know I won't, you know, like shit. I, I, I like Sekiro. Sekiro was cool. They did a lot of neat things with the like arm attachments and all that stuff. Dude, I, I got to like the third boss and I just stopped. Cause I was like, nah, never going to make it past this. I don't have the, I don't have the bandwidth, you know, I don't have the two weeks to take off work to, to get good at this, you know, like it's just not going to, not going to happen. Um, so I don't know, like I would, I would appreciate some sort of easy mode where they, you know, bosses get nerfed or, or even, you know, the timing windows get expanded because there's a lot of those fights where it's just a time. It's a button press in a lot of ways. And, and if you get good at knowing the timing, knowing when to push that button, your, your gold and you can do your damage and roll out of the way and reset and parry and do all that stuff. But if you are a half second late, it is your ass like that. (laughs) That is game, you know, like it is, it gets real rough. And, uh, I don't know, man. Like, what do you think about that? What if they just, uh, what if they just like bump up the timing windows and, and nerf the damage they do a little bit, something like that. See, like, I think that would be more doable. Like having doing it like that, I think would actually benefit, I guess, like the game, like, you know, it wouldn't drastically change. I think the game in any Mm. way, if they did something like that. Or well, just like you said, maybe made like the boss's health bar like a little bit smaller or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, and I don't think it, uh, I don't think you want to take away that like, you know, sense of discovery that those games have. Yeah, because that's one of the best part is like the, the aha moment of, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I could have gone this way all or I could have handled this situation differently or. And you do get that I'm the smartest guy in the room feeling when you figure out the pattern, when you figure out like, oh, if I hit him at this point, it does hella damage and I can totally like open it up. And and those are some of the best moments. Yeah, like the dragon in in, uh, Dark Souls 3 is like that. When you fight the dragon in Dark Souls 3 and it's like you figure out, oh, if I wait for him to land and spin, then I can get all these attacks in. But you are going to die 20 times before you do that. You know, like it it takes forever to figure out that that's your window, you know? And yeah, so it's, it's one of those things. Like, I don't know. Like it's, those games are a grind. They always are. They always have been. It's like, I'm not asking them to not be what they are. I would just, you know, just, just make it a little nicer for the people that just want the story, man. It's like, you built all this cool shit. I just want to see it. And I don't want to watch it through a fucking Twitch stream, you know? <laughs> is, that so much, is that so much to ask? Really? Really? <sighs> I hate being old, Justin. Don't get old. It sucks. Dude, I'm trying not to. Dude, I... So, <laughs> I uh, I'm so trying not to. We're, we're going to talk about it in the spoilers, but I went and saw Eternals this weekend. I went and saw uh-huh. it in IMAX. 
And the IMAX chairs at the theater are not the cushy red recliner AMC chairs that the other theaters are. It's the basic, basic bitch, like folding Mm -hmm. straight up chairs. And dude, I was so wiggly in that chair. And it was just because from sitting upright like that, like it was hurting my back. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Like, so now my back's all like, I literally sat on my ass, drank an icy and watched a movie for like two and a half hours and somehow hurt my back. (laughs) Like, if that's not the definition of getting old, I don't know what is. Well, the world isn't good for, uh, for big people uh, when we get older, man. Like it just, it, you know, you're, you got height on me, but I got, I got size on you and, and (laughs) it doesn't, uh, doesn't bode well for us as we get older. Things no. things like joints and muscles, they are not happy with us. You know? Yeah, after the movie, my friend Matt's like waiting for me to let him in on the passenger side door. And he's like, man, are you okay? And I'm just stretching my back against the side of the car. I'm like, yeah, hold on, man. I just need to straighten back out real quick. You're like, just these these, these muscles just need to move in a way real quick. Just hold on. Munch uh, on like eight ibuprofen. Right, right. You're like, oh, what's my daily allowance? A thousand? Great, I'll take two. No worries. Double it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't do that, kids. It's bad. Um, anyway, how about we talk about a little bit of what we've been playing? I, I, yeah. So it was a big Game Pass week for me. Um, we both played one game that we'll talk about shortly, but I wanted to toss, uh, hey, did you know the Avengers came to Game Pass? I think we talked about that at one point. I remember it getting announced and stuff that it was finally coming to Game Pass mm. and that they were going to get rid of, like, what was it? Like, the paid... Um, DLC like, or at, something? Yeah, like, it, not yeah. the paid deal, the, like, yeah, where you could basically pay to play to, like, boost your character, like, uh, match right, your right. character like stuff the, up. Like, they the, were getting rid of that. The XP boost. So, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so I went and uh, downloaded that just to see it, because, like, you know, you hear a lot about stuff but like i've never actually played it so i went to install it just see what it was and uh i've I've heard from multiple people that the single player portion of that game was really good so i uh went and tried the single player portion of the adventures and you know what it's pretty good it's pretty damn fun and the other reason i i I played it was because guardians of the galaxy is getting such good run right now like people love that game and i'm you know, I've heard that it compares to Avengers in a lot of ways. It's better than the Avengers in a lot of ways. But I'm like, you know, this was kind of their first hack at this. So let me see what it's like. Dude, the combat in Avengers kind of rules. Like, it's the story's good. It it moves pretty fun. Like, the whole thing opens with a Golden Gate Bridge attack. And you are jumping between Avengers during the attack. And it's the action's pretty frenetic. And it's pretty cool. And then you get... Uh, control of uh, miss marvel and her power set's really fun she's kind of got like a mr fantastic kind of power set and uh you know her traversal over the rooftops and stuff is really fun it it i'm i mean i don't know if i'll play more of it just because i don't have a lot of time and there's a lot of stuff coming out but i kind of want to like the the gameplay's got me interested enough to know where the story's going and the story's fun enough that like it's it's more than just tacked on and my understanding is a single player part of it isn't crazy long i think it's like a six or seven hour experience so i can see myself finishing it it's for a game pass it's it's rad like if i would have spent 60 dollars on this i would have been burned because i'm not going to play the multiplayer part but for, for game pass it's perfect 
you know? So I highly recommend trying it. Just, if nothing else, just check out the combat. And I'm praying that Guardians of the Galaxy comes to Game Pass, because I really want to play that game. Um, the other game that we both played that came out on Game Pass was Unpacking. Now, it's a little game. And, and you know what? What you do is write in the title. You are given a room on like a uh, three-quarter view with shelves and beds and kitchens and whatnot. And there are a bunch of cardboard boxes placed in that room. You click on them to open the box. You click on the box to take items out of the box. And then you just got to figure out where to put them. And you're talking kitchen utensils, toothbrushes, clothes, uh, stuffed animals, all that type of stuff. And the game progresses essentially through this one person's life. It's It's a girl's life that starts in 1997. And then you go from 1997 to what, 2002, right? Mm-hmm. And then 2002 to 2007, 2007, 2010, 2010 to 2012. Um, and it's it's fun in that, like, there are no characters in this game. You, there are no people. You never see, like, avatars of any type in this game. It's just the stuff. But it's fun to see the stuff change as this person grows up. There are certain items that carry over from childhood throughout the whole game. There's, uh, you know, all of a sudden she's got, you know, the old desktop goes away and the new laptop is there. Video game consoles upgrade as you go through. Uh, You go from a tape deck to a CD player to an MP3 player, um, all that type of stuff. And it's it it has that uh, I said this on on Discord. It has that power wash simulator vibe of just like you can kind of just zone out and relax and unpack some shit. And it's cool. You know, like it's fun, but you also start to buy into the story, even as, as loosely as I'm using that word story, but you start to buy in there too. Like in 2010, she's very obviously moving in with a guy, right? And it took me about five minutes to be like, you know what? Fuck this guy. This guy's the worst. Like, look how this place is decorated. Like, I've known dudes like this. Like, why would she move in with this guy? Like, look <laughs> at this place. Everything was like black and chrome and like bronze and, and real, real sleazy tough guy shit, you know, like throughout the whole place. But the worst part, the worst part about the boyfriend's place, the boyfriend made no room for any of her shit. It's like the hardest level in the game. You, you There's like no place to put any of your stuff. You've got to put it, your you got to put your fucking diploma under your bed. Yeah, you know? that, that, like, I was gonna say, that was one of my favorite parts. Was as you're going through realizing there's not enough stuff, there's not enough places for you to really put your stuff, so you're having to stash it places. And then the diploma, there's no walls in the entire like area that you're unpacking to hang this, except the bathroom. The bathroom is yeah. the one spot where there's an actual wall where you can hang it, but it won't let you do it. So you literally have to just stick it under your bed and that's an acceptable place to put it. And it's just like heartbreaking when that happens. Like, oh, dude, you deserve so much better than this. Well, when when it first thought, when I first thought it was going to let me hang it above the toilet, I was like, Mm -hmm. you know what? No, I'm moving right now. I'm moving. I'm saying this is over right now. I did that just to see. I was like, would it accept this? I was like, I don't think it would, but it would be funny if it did at the same time. So I did it just out of curiosity. Well, I did it too. And then... It said it wouldn't accept it. And so then I'm like, okay, I'm just missing it. There's some place. It was the literally the last thing I had 
in that in that setup. And I'm like, what is like? I thought it was bullshit that there's no work area for her. Like yep. everything just had to get shoved on a in fucking the closet and in a closet, <laughs> you know. Like, and then I'm like, all right, I'm missing it. There's got to be one thing. And then by accident, I kind of hovered over the bed and it went under the bed. And I'm like, what? Seriously? And I dropped it, and it like gold star popped, and I'm like, no, no, like I was so angry. Oh man! So did you beat the game? Uh, no, I'm in 2012, and she's back at her parents' house. Okay. Which I was happy. I'm like, yeah, girl, get out of there. Like that place was bad. You didn't belong there. <laughs> I think you only have maybe like one or two because I it ends in 2018. Uh, okay. So I okay. think you only have like two more levels. But yeah, I was uh, I was very happy to see she left him. I was like, yeah, get get your ass out of there. That, that place was trouble. Well, and it's but. also like she's like an art student and like was studying law books and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there like, how the hell did you get mixed up with this guy? This is not the kind of guy I pictured this type of person, you know, being interested in. What's going on here? Like, so I will say that is like. There's a lot I really like about this game, and that's kind of like what I was telling Zach before the podcast, too, is this wasn't even, like, I knew of unpacking, but it was nowhere near on my radar, and it it didn't do anything, like, you know, super crazy gameplay-wise, but it was done so well, like, I was genuinely surprised how invested I was in the game while playing it and stuff, and just like, like you said, with the boyfriend that's a piece of shit and stuff Mm -hmm. i one of the coolest things that i thought though was that like you could still literally like even though there's no room for your shit you can move his stuff though yeah so it's like i was like dropping his shit on the floor and stuff just to spite him and like moving like moving around all his crap because there wasn't any room for my stuff and like in the closet i had to like push all his ties to the side and stuff to make room for me to stash my stuff um but that's like one of the like really cool aspects I liked about it going through it was like seeing what changed between like the years and what stayed like the mm-hmm. fact that like the little red double decker bus yeah is always goes on the nightstand like all the way through the like it's always somewhere like it never leaves and it's like that's one of the constant things where I'm like yep it goes on the nightstand that's where it belongs or, it's always been there or the toothbrush with the cup you know yeah the, yeah that was cool yeah, and then like I had, uh, yeah, with the little, um, the little heart mug or like mm-hmm. whatever that it goes in and stuff. It's like the same mug and like the same toothbrush like every time. Um, there's like a cool. I it might actually be on the level like you're on now. Okay. Um, but there's like moments. It's it's like similar to like the diploma. There's like a lot of moments like the diploma and stuff where it's like you think plate think items go in certain places, but it's saying it's wrong. And then it's like you figuring out, okay, well, where does this need to go? And like kind of getting almost some of the story through those moments as to like what is happening because you can't put things in certain places or it's like you're like ashamed or sad by certain things. So it's like you're like having to put them away and it's Mm -hmm. like, man, it's like almost heartbreaking. Like And it's it's funny because to your point, we're the ones putting all of that story there. Yeah. You know, the, the game doesn't tell you anything like there's no like outside of you get a one line description at the end of like, finally got my own bathroom or like, you know, yay, my first place or something like that. Like, it's like all you get out of it. But it's like, you know, you're the one being like, oh, man, that diploma really under the bed. Like, <laughs> oh, like 
I've got to put all this shit like in this closet because it doesn't fit. Near- Man, come on. Like, you know, but it's also but it's funny. Like- but it's also funny because playing this with my wife, like next to me, how she would lay things out is totally different than how I would. So it's That's a lot funny. of like, we get a, it's actually a really good game to play like with your significant other or something in the room with you because you get a really good, cause, like my wife is very particular about where things are and how things should be. And I'm way less like I'm, I, I will admit that about myself. It's just totally like, is it functional? Great. I don't care. We're moving on with life. You know, like I'm not going to worry about this. And she's very much like, no, no, no. Socks and underwear go up there. Like, you know, the pants go down here. Like, there's an order to this. The order of shoes matter. Like, you know, all that type of stuff. I was the same way. Like, my underwear was sorted, all facing the same way. And, like, the top drawer. And then the pants were folded below. And then the bras (laughs) were all, like, coordinated together and stuff. Like, it was all to the nines, sorted. And I'm I'm sitting there like, did it all fit in that drawer? Great. Close it. I'm done. Like, you know. Shoving them under the bed. You're like, man. I didn't give a shit. Like, or uh, all of her art supplies. I was like, stack yeah. all that shit on top of each other. Who cares? You know, but the game won't let you do that, obviously. But yeah, no, I, I, it's it's just funny. I did get to that point, like, especially in like some of the later level. Like, I was very meticulous with the first few levels with like, mm-hmm. they're getting the room perfect. Like, all the little stuffed animals are like facing the same way. Like, everything's like where it belongs. And then in some of the later levels, I'm like, I can't tell if this is a book or a video game. So they're all just going on the fucking shelf. I don't right. care. And it's just like, in my mind, I'm like trying to tell them, I'm like, no, they're all just books. So I, it didn't like annoy me. I'm like, Jaws? I'm like, that's a book. And I'm like, just putting them all like in there. Well, I did think it's funny how like, you know, it's very much in like a 16-bit art style. Yeah. But like you can still be like, oh, that's Donnie Darko. Oh, that's yeah. the Lord of the Rings. Like it's still like clear enough to know like what it was. <clears throat> Like the one DVD that's very obviously Frank the Rabbit, you know, from Donnie Darko. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. I thought that was cool. But um, no, it's 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 a really cute game. I don't know if it's going to crack my game of the year list. Justin seems to think it's it might crack his. It's it's cool. It's it's short. It's absolutely worth playing. It's a great experience. At the end of the day, I don't know if it's as great as some of these other games, but but I've had a lot of fun with it. So I don't know. It's, 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 it's pretty damn fun. Like I, yeah. I would recommend unpacking and yeah. And game pass is like perfect for it because Absolutely. as Zach said too, it's also cross save. He was mm-hmm. talking about playing it from uh go PC to going to the Xbox and stuff and be able to seamlessly pick up where you left off. So that's yeah, always da- a good I feature. Da- I was doing some work on my computer and downloaded it in the background and then I uh, finished up my work and was like, oh, I'll try the first level of this since I'm sitting here. Got through the first level and then was like, oh, I'm going to go to bed. Got to bed, opened it up on the Xbox and picked up right where I left off on the computer. And it was awesome, like absolutely seamless. And it's one of those things like, like I was telling Justin before we were recording, I know it's not novel or really unique anymore that that exists but it's just so damn cool every time it works every time i can just like pick up somewhere else and it's seamless and it just goes it's like yes yes why isn't everything like this this is so amazing um so yeah another one and also uh it works on the uh cloud if you have game pass on the cloud gaming with touch controls and i i have not tried it yet but apparently it works pretty well and i can see that because there isn't like a bunch of uh 
it's not really a, a button heavy game you know you can turn things and move rooms so like i don't really know but uh actually i could actually see this being like an ios game really easily too just complete touch controls and that's one of the cool things about this game too is uh i've followed a couple of the people who've been working on it and stuff on mm-hmm. Twitter. And apparently dude, for the sound in the game, there is like over 14,000 like sound, like folio files and stuff for just like the aerosol can, like setting it down, like yeah. on like the toilet or the floor or the, there's different sounds for when you put a certain object on something and then where you put it, it even makes like, it's not the same sound every single time. It's just like there it's variants of it. So it's like crazy, like listening to the game and stuff and just like hearing it. And it's like you can like move something across it and it makes like a sound or like a little like clink or like whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like really cool and immersive. Yeah, it's it's that it's a game that they you can tell was built with a bunch of care and a bunch of love. And it's just uh, it's really neat. Um, before we wrap this up, Justin, uh, you tried the Animal Crossing DLC. Did you check that yeah. out? Yeah, I did. So your boy being <laughs> yeah, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, your boy being the Animal Crossing fan that he is, of course, mm-hmm. I, I did the 2.0 update and I did since I do not buy into the Sega and N64 Nintendo premium membership. I just outright bought the Happy Home Decorator Animal Crossing DLC for like the $24.99 or mm-hmm. whatever it is um and so yeah so i that's what i also besides unpacking played this week is it came out on like i think thursday it was supposed to come out on friday or something it released like a day early but yeah i played some uh animal crossing my village was in shambles because i completely forgot <laughs> that when the uh on mario 10th when the mario update came mm-hmm. out and we got all the mario items was the last time that i played it and i completely like started dissecting my island and migrated all the villagers together in one quadrant of the island and whatever. So when I came back, my house was full of roaches. Like there were weeds everywhere. Like stuff was still in shambles from me moving stuff. And so I had a lot of work to do on my island. Mm. Um, But so far, like it's been cool. Like in terms of just the 2.0 stuff, I haven't unlocked Brewster yet. But I've gone to Harv's Island and like now Red has like a little tent for selling art and I got the plant guy and then I just got someone like there's like six or seven stands that you can get on Harv's Island that you have to pay a hundred thousand bells per person and you can only do it like one at a time and then like you know you can buy one and then you have to wait until the next day once they're finally there so then you can like donate to another one you can't just Otherwise, I just knock them all out in one shot because I have so many bells. But I've also upgraded my house multiple times. I just did the final new storage update and got like the little ATM and stuff and like the little outside storage shed. So you don't have to go into your house every time to access storage, which is nice. Mm. Uh, So just a lot of quality of life stuff and you can hang stuff from the ceiling now. Uh, But for the DLC... It's very similar to the 3DS, kind of. I feel like the Happy Home Designer. I didn't own that game, okay. Because, like, as much as I like Animal Crossing, I'm like, it's not really Animal Crossing. Like, it's kind of Animal Crossing, but it's like 
Minecraft creative mode, basically, of Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah. For um, sure. Which I like the fact that this was just kind of like DLC. Like, it's like it's attached onto there. Like, it's not its own game. But literally, in order to access it, all you have to do is go to um, the same little Dal airport and tell them that you want to go to work. And you basically get a job as a little happy home designer on this island. And hmm. there's like residents that come to the island and you kind of like walk up to them on the beach. Like you can kind of pick and choose who you want and you sit down and talk with them and they kind of tell you what they're into. And there's like usually like two or three items that get shipped to their house. And then you're kind of supposed to get clues off of that. And then kind of you go into creative mode and kind of build around that theme and stuff. Mm. Like the one that I'm doing right now is this horse and he's really into black and white and like his furniture is very cool and sleek. And so on the outside, I made his house like the like black shingles, like black door, like white walls, like whatever, very black and white decorated it. Like you can do like the little pavement and dirt and stuff and change the grass and decorate the front yard and stuff like that. And then you go inside the house and that you need those two kind of core items, but then you can just add whatever else and you can customize the furniture to make it certain colors and move it all around and hang stuff from the ceilings. And then you kind of take pictures to add to your portfolio and stuff. So it's pretty cool. It's like, it's really chill and it's nice because a lot of what goes on in animal crossing is very like real time dependent. Like, you know, like getting yeah. the storage upgrade, like you, what you get to the point where it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I bought this and did this, but now I can't really make any changes until tomorrow. Once all these previous changes go into effect so I can keep working on my Island. So it's nice is the DLC isn't really binded to like real time, like the rest of animal crossing. So it kind of gives you something to do in that off time while you're waiting for like other stuff on your personal island to do you can do as many jobs in a row as you want on this island and then if you want to leave at any point you can just like say hey take me home or take me to harv's island or whatever and piss back off so it's pretty cool to be able to still play something in the game while like you're like oh well i'm done for the day because i can't do anything else in the game because i have sure. to wait so now which, you have something which was to always do while a, you which wait. was always a big issue with those games yeah you know but I, I, okay, but that actually makes a lot more sense for that content than I than I had originally considered, you know. But the uh, I don't know if it's I, I don't know if I want to do that, you know. know yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of those things where it, it's not for like the real hardcore like Animal Crossing fans and stuff. I think mm-hmm. will get it. And play it like I know I'm sure Mike's already invested hours yeah, in for it sure. yeah. and stuff. But for like I know like for you and Shannon and stuff, I can't really see like unless your kids would like messing around with it or something. Mm-hmm. I can't really see like you guys like diving too much into it because it's nothing crazy. It's more just like a time killer. I feel gotcha. like than anything. But okay, well at least uh, hey, at least one of us checked checked it out. So yeah, I'm I'm happy about that. Uh, well, should we talk a little spoiler talk? Dude, I would be delighted to do some spoiler right. talk. So if uh, you did not want to talk uh, or hear us discussing Eternals in length, uh, I would go ahead and duck out now. We are going to be discussing the latest MCU release, The Eternals. 
And uh, we both caught it this weekend. We both uh, have thoughts about this movie. Um, and uh, if, if you are ducking out now, thank you so much for joining us. We do appreciate it, as always. Um, and if you are hanging out, let's go ahead and talk some Eternals. So, as you know, as you know, the Eternals is kind of their first, like, sure, Shang-Chi came out and we all liked it and all that stuff. But Eternals is that first big Marvel movie. This, I think a lot of people had their eyes on this one as like, this is going to be the movie that uh, really starts things moving. Like that really kicks off the next phase. Uh, It's Chloe Zhao, uh, you know, Oscar winning director, a cast that is kind of insane. You know, Jimmy Chan, uh, Richard Madden, you've got, you know, Kit Harrington, Selma Hayek, like all these, you know, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, all these all these major heavy hitters in this cast. Whole team of kind of unknowns. You know, me and Robbie were going back and forth on Twitter a little bit about how, you know, the buzz around this movie was weird. Like people didn't seem excited for it, even though it was supposed to be a big deal. And it's like, yeah, it kind of reminds me of Guardians. And I was like, yeah, but the difference is Guardians had an enormous comic fan base compared to the Eternals. Like no one is hurt. Like comic people haven't heard of the Eternals or, or have heard of them, but don't care. Like, you know, like it's just they're so some like silver age, like comic yeah. book bullshit. And it's like Jack Kirby at his finest. And I get it. But at the same time, shit was like 50 years ago, bro. Like, you know, like it's, it's, it's been a minute since the Eternals were a thing. And like Marvel will trot them out every now and again to try to make them a thing, but they just come and go. And so then we get this movie and, uh, and I'll, I'll start out by saying this movie feels very different than your normal MCU movie. It looks very different. And I, and I put that to, to the director, Chloe Zhao, you know, it's, it's a very beautiful movie. It's extremely well shot. A lot of the scenes are fantastically dressed and, uh, you know, the characters look super impressive. Um, this movie's got problems though. Like it's got some pretty big problems. Part of the problem is it's two hours and 40 minutes. The other part of the problem is that's not long enough for everything this movie tries to do. And what you get is the feeling of, you know, not to be crass, but this has a 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag type of vibe to it. But at the same time, they waste so much time with things. Like, bro, I didn't need to see uh, Icarus and, and oh, sorry, what's Jim Chan's character? The main character. What's her name? I'm, I'm terrible with names. Oh, I was like, I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm the worst person to ask about. I mean, I knew Icarus, but. Cersei. Yeah. So, I, you know, I got it. Icarus and Cersei are in love. I didn't need the like, you know, huge makeout section and then like sex scene (laughs) that like went a little too long. It's like, you could have cut that whole thing in half. I still would have got the point, you know, like, 
they didn't need to keep going back in time. Like the whole, okay. So there's all this thing that's taking place in the modern day, right? So let's, let's rewind. Let's go back. You have the Eternals. It's, they were created by the celestials, like this all powerful group of beings that are like responsible for all creation and life in the universe. Right. And the Eternals are created by the celestials to fight off the deviants and they're sent to earth to fight the deviants, which is like another race of beings that are like against life is what you're told basically. And they're some of the most awful CG creatures I've seen in a while. Like they just look bad. I'm sorry. Like Marvel has all the money in the world at this point, make better looking creatures. Like how did they decide on like there? Okay. There's a, there's a Pokemon from the sun and moon series. That's an ultra beast. That is basically like an electrode and he's made out of wires. The creatures kind of look like that. They're like kind of animals, but they look like they're made up of wires the CG is not strong though. I don't know. Um, so anyway, they're sent to earth right at the dawn of creation. And they're basically told to not interfere with any of mankind's operations. Just let them be, but fight the deviants when the deviants come to destroy mankind. And so they do throughout time. And you're, you know, you're shown at the beginning of civilization and like Macedonia and like Babylon and then the Aztec empire and all these like points in time throughout history, the Eternals are there, but it keeps cutting back to them. So you go to the present day. Uh, Cersei is a professor or a professor of history or something in London. Uh, it got big wonder woman vibes from that, by the way, uh, dating a human uh, who is, Kit Harrington, uh, forget his name, Drake, Drake, something. Um, and all of a sudden there's a big earthquake that happens in the room and Sprite, one of the other Eternals who is destined to always remain 12 years old for some reason, but she has the power to like make herself invisible and conjure images and stuff like that. Uh, by the way, Cersei's power is she can turn matter into other matter as long as it's not living matter. Um, Icarus is kind of like Superman. He can fly super strong eye beams. Thena is Angelina Jolie's character. She can create weapons of her hands and is like a master of uh, fighting. Sama Hayek is the leader of the team. She's Ajax and she can heal herself and others uh, with like a thought. Don Lee is Gilgamesh who I loved. Who's just basically like big, strong dude. He gets like power gloves and just beats the shit out of people. Uh, Druig is the, uh, like he can mind control humans. And then Kingo played by uh, Kumali Nanjani is like the flash. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Flash was uh Makari. That was Lauren oh, yeah, Ridloff, yeah. who's uh, plays like a deaf character who uh, can run super fast. And then uh, there's Fastos who is, uh, he can ba- basically, he's like a, you know, the mutant forge, like who can just like create machines. Like that's like his mutant ability yeah. is he can just like make things. And like, that's, that's essentially what fastos is. Like he can just like create machines um, and like has mastery over like mechanical engineering and stuff like that. Oh, and then Kingo uh, Kamali character is essentially, a, he's like the finger gun dude. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, he can just like shoot energy from his hands, but he always tends, tends to do it like he's making finger guns, which made me uh. laugh. Um, so that's the team, right? And then, uh, so yes, Cersei and Sprite are in London uh, with with Drake, and they get attacked after the earthquake by one of the one of these uh, divergence uh, deviants. Sorry, not divergent deviant. Um, and Icarus has to show up out of nowhere to save him, and uh, now they they need to get the band back together because. Because the, uh, the 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 deviants are back, and they thought they wiped them all out in 1500 AD, but apparently they didn't, and now we're back. Hey guys, are you uh, are you bored already? Is this complicated? Are you tuning out? Because guess what? <laughs> this is just the tip of the iceberg of shit that's happening in this movie. <laughs> like you get to go back and dive and see how the band fell apart. Uh, the Aztec Empire, when uh, the Spaniards were wiping out the Aztecs in, in a genocidal rage, and how Druig was like, I can stop all this. And they're like, you can't. It's not our job. And he's like, that job is bullshit. And, and he does it anyway. And Ajax like, well, all the deviants are dead. So everyone just go do their own thing then or whatever. And then, uh, yeah. And then they do the whole like, well, where were you during all these wars and Thanos and all this stuff? And they're like, well, there weren't, weren't deviants involved. So we, we couldn't get involved. Meanwhile, they just showed you that they got involved like hella times. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, guys, I don't know. Maybe you could have, huh? Just throwing that out there. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I've talked a lot. Justin, do you have thoughts before we continue on this journey? No, I mean, you're pretty spot on and that was accurate. And they do, I do appreciate that they kind of referenced that multiple times where you know they did reference like okay well where were you during thanos and stuff and they're like okay well we couldn't intervene and then the chick who heals people even brought it up later on in the movie and basically said that like after half of everything disappeared that you know it all kind of came back with the snap of fingers and she's like and that's kind of when she realized that like all this was like pointless (laughs) like and that like well you know humanity like came back and whatever and so we really don't need to do anything anymore yeah so it's uh so it goes on and i mean we're talking full spoilers here so if you if you haven't seen it really don't listen past this point but now we we get to discover that uh ajak has decided to turn against the uh the celestials that created her uh, and because of that, Icarus kills her because he's like all about the, uh, all about the, um, mission. And it turns out the mission is not to save humanity, but to make sure that a man- humanity grows to a point where they feed a celestial that has been growing in the center of the planet enough so it can hatch out of the earth like an egg, essentially. And that day has come, which is why there are earthquakes. The celestial is stirring and they need to, uh, they need to hatch it. And the, the big celestial, I will say the one thing this movie does really well is the scope and size of the celestials is awesome. Like it's really good. Like uh, I'm blanking on the name of the main celestial, the red one, 
It's something with an A. Oh, it's like it wasn't like Tiamat. Was no, Tiamat's the one that's in in Earth. That's gonna oh, okay. Hatch. Yeah, it's like I forget. It's like Artemis, or it's not Artemis. Ar- no, Artemis no. Fowl. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but it's also so he's like the main celestial that is uh, doing that. That is like synth made this made the Eternals. And then you find out that like, Oh no, he made the Eternals. Like they're robots essentially. <sighs> and it's like, wait, what? Like, huh? You've been like, and so like throughout this whole time, uh, throughout the whole time, uh, uh, Athena is or Athena. Sorry, not Athena. Athena is going crazy. Right. And you find out this is because, at the end of every, this, they've done this a million times. And at the end of every mission, their hard drives get wiped essentially. And they have to do it. Like go to the next planet and do it again. And so they, uh, she's basically getting like what ghosted memories or something. And so it's making her like kind of not be able to, process what's happening in front of her. So she's like attacking her own teammates and everything. Um, but you learn uh, the reason why this is, is because they, uh, they have done this over and over again and they decide this is why they are rebel rebelling. You know, they're done. Erisham is the name of the, of the main celestial that you're dealing with. Erisham. Erisham. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, there's just too much happening in this movie. I think they could have done a lot better if they had laid some groundwork for these characters before, or if they just ignored the past. Like, I don't need to know the setup for it all. Like these two people are in love. These two people like each other. There's conflict here. Great. Let's go. You know, let, let's go. I don't need to know how they fell in love. I really don't give a shit. Like, I don't, I don't know these characters. Like, I don't need to know any of this. Like you could have brought this all up in sequels, in other movies, uh, something, you know, to lay the groundwork. They're in a bad space because unlike Spider-Man or, you know, some of these later characters that get introduced, you know, Black Panther, you know, characters like that, that are introduced in the Infinity War saga late game, they're introduced in other movies first. And so you get kind of part of that groundwork laid for that character there. So when the time black Panther rolls around, you already have an idea of who T'Challa is, what Wakanda is like, what you have like all of this groundwork laid where with Eternals, this is the first time anyone's heard of them. Anyone's seen them. And so they're having to do all this heavy lifting right from the get go. And I just, I, I feel like a lot of it was just unnecessary. You know, like, I don't know, man. It's just. Wait, wait, you, yeah. I, I feel like, like I'm on an island here, Justin. Dude. No, me no. Help me out. No, you're okay. Like, I completely agree. Like, I was telling you before we started recording, like, this movie, it's, it's very, it's very different from any other Marvel movie I've seen in the sense that, yeah, the first half of the movie is so long and so mm-hmm. kind of like. I guess like narrative driven, like you said, they're jumping around time periods and you're seeing like, you're just getting a lot of information and a lot of it's not really 
prevalent to advancing the plot really in any way. And then it's like finally about like halfway through the movie when they're like, oh, the Earth's going to like literally die in like two days. And then it's like, okay, so then it kind of picks up from there and they they get together and they actually get their ship and start doing stuff. But by that point in the movie, it's kind of like, I'm like, uh, like, you know, it was cool. Like once we hit that part, I was like more invested in it. Like I was like, okay, they're actually doing stuff like this is pretty cool. The fact that um, the uh, Icarus turned out to basically be the bad guy. I thought that was a interesting twist because, you know, throughout most of the marketing, like I thought, all right, it's going to be the stereotypical kind of like villain going around. He's like sucking their powers, getting Mm -hmm. stronger. They're going to have the big, he's going to basically get most of them and have like three or four. And then they're have to team up and fight him at the end. And then the fact that like at the end just like kills him. I was like, oh, well, he, he's just gone. And then like, Chris like, oh, yeah, no, like it. And they had like a Justice League kind of moment where it's like them yeah. having to fight Superman kind of moment and stuff. And and that, they, that honestly was the best part of the film when all of them fought Icarus. Like, yeah, that was that was the best fight in the whole movie. Like the jungle dude, fight was just kind of dumb, dude. The like getting to see some like bitching like speedster fighting and stuff yeah. was so good like just like total flash moment just like room like run just like boom and then brrr, like brrr, yeah, like against yeah. the wall and stuff just zoom, zoom, zoom. like that was so good uh um, agreed that was really cool like and then the i will admit like i actually really liked the ending like i thought the ending was pretty crazy mm-hmm. like how it's like oh you know everything's kind of wrapped up you're like all right like everything's good they like prevented the birth of this like there was really no real repercussions of anything like oh well we killed the celestial like it's cool and then it's like you know kit herring and the chick and stuff they're like oh like at the park like having a great time and then all of a sudden the clouds go gray and then there's like um what what's his name the red celestial uh erishan uh, yeah he shows up and it's like oh shit like he's like bigger than earth and then just like boom like takes her and it's gone i thought it would have been yeah. hilarious if that's just how the movie ended mm-hmm. like if it was just like gone and then it's just credits and it's like uh <laughs> but then you find out or whatever at the end that you know they're basically their memories are being used to judge whether or not like her humanity is like worth saving and then it's just like and then they're just gone and then it's the other crew members like yeah we haven't seen them for days like we don't really know what's going on and then that's the end and i'm like oh okay i guess that's not the end because in the stinger where that happens you get introduced into two new characters star star fox aka harry styles you know, it shows up and, uh, I, you know, pitch perfect casting for Star Fox, AKA Eros. I, great. Nailed it. He looked good in the suit. <laughs> I was on board. And then Pip. And if you're if you're like most people who are wondering who the hell that little like elf looking dude is, uh, at the end of this movie, that is Pip. And he is from the infinity watch. So if you were like me and read the comic books for Infinity Gauntlet, you know that a character named Adam Warlock winds up with the gauntlet at the end of that storyline. 
and he kicks ass and takes names. Uh, Adam Warlock rules. But at the end of that saga, the basically all the the celestial beings gather and decide that Adam Warlock can't have that gauntlet. Which to Adam Warlock replies to them, that's nice. You can't take it from me. This <laughs> off, essentially. And you're talking like, you know, the beings known as Infinity and the Living Tribunal and like all of this, you know, like the, the heavy, heavy hitters in the Marvel cosmic universe. Um, but he eventually comes to terms with that no one person should have all this power. So he gives uh, one stone to members used to assign, they were basically to, to unlock that stone's potential. And they were known as the infinity watch, this team. What's interesting is members of this team include Drax, the destroyer and Gamora, but there was also Pip, the troll who had the space gym, allowing him to teleport. And, uh, you know, Gamora had the time gym. Drax had the power gym. Adam Warlock had the soul gym. Um, and, I forget who else was a moon dragon was in that thing. I think she had the mind gym anyway. Um, but when Pip teleports into the scene, I was like, Oh, Oh wait, does he have a space gym? Is that, are we in Adam Warlock land? Like what's happening here? So that unlocked a bunch of questions for me with Pip the troll. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I like that. And then at the end, end the final teaser, you see Drake uh, getting ready to basically use his family's curse and become the Black Knight, which uh, is interesting. Black Knight was a character in Marvel Comics that, you know, basically like he was an Avenger for a long time and he's essentially a really strong knight. There's nothing crazy about him. He's got a mystical sword called like the Ebony Blade or something that's cursed and the more people you kill, the more insane you go, so on and so forth. But, uh, and then right before he touches the blade, someone stops him and goes, you sure you want to do that? And then it cuts. And we don't really know who that is, but in an interview, uh, afterwards, it's been revealed that the person that says that is blade. So I'm on board. Let's get blade in the MCU. Um, but yeah, it, it's bad when like the last 20 minutes and two stingers were better than the two hours and 20 minutes that came before that. I don't know. Like, it seemed like a long time to get to that payoff. Yeah, that was my thing is I was kind of sitting there and I was funny was I don't really know about Eternals and like, I didn't have that same knowledge you had of Pip. I thought it was funny that Patton Oswalt. Yeah. The voice of him though. I thought it was good uh, though. I thought he was no, good. No, 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 he nailed it. Yeah, like I said, like I thought the casting was great, and it is funny, and it is also slightly jarring, like seeing like all these famous people in Marvel now, because mm-hmm. it was like that's kind of how it started was a bunch of no name kind of, and I, from being in all the Marvel movies, everyone kind of built a name for themselves, but now having like Angelina Jolie and Harry Styles and the yeah. dude from Silicon Valley and stuff like all these familiar faces. The dude from the um, the black guys, if he was in um, Atlanta and yeah. Godzilla, and he's been in a ton of stuff recently and stuff. So it's just funny seeing like all these people in the, like these movies now 
Yeah, Brian uh, but, uh, Brian Tyree Henry is who you're talking, about, and he played yeah. again fastest. And I I thought he was fantastic. He was probably one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. I thought Dude, no, really him good. and his family was great. He's like, yeah. oh, he's like when he hits it, he's like, was his vibranium and hits the table and breaks. He's like, fall collection, IKEA, <laughs> yeah, asshole. Totally, totally. <laughs> Or uh, I was like at the end when his kid is uh, when his kid is talking with Thena and she like stabs the orange in front of him or whatever. He's like, okay, so your babysitting privileges are completely revoked. Like, like forever. Yeah, like, for, yeah, get the hell away from my child. <laughs> um, but no, I, I and that's the thing that's a bummer. Like, I know we've been very rough on this movie, but it's a good like it's good it's not a bad movie it's not we're not talking wonder woman 84 here like it's 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 you know you don't you i didn't come out of the theater thinking i wasted my time you know like it was just i think they were trying to do so much and it just didn't work you know like i think this this was like two films worth of movie in in one movie and it's like they, they either needed to make this a Disney plus show to source out all these, uh, all these timelines and all this stuff, or they needed to break it up somehow. But well, and realistically, I honestly think this probably, I think you're right. If this was like a eight episode show on Disney mm-hmm. plus where each episode was about like 45 minutes long, and each, if they did it kind of like Haunting on Hill House, where each episode's like about a member. Sure. Yeah. And then it's totally. like, and then like the last episode or whatever, it's kind of like all of them like together or whatever. Like the last episode or two would be like the final like fight on the beach or whatever. Yeah. And then building up to that, it's like each character and it's like them in the present and then showing them in the past and them in the present again. Mm-hmm. I think that chronologically would have made more sense than them trying to fit it all into that two and a half hours. Or, or hey, how about this? Just throwing this out. You you just have, say, say the last deviant gets destroyed in the Amazon jungle in the 1500s, right? Ajax puts them all to sleep. The mission's over. We're all we're all just going into stasis until we get uh, until we get called home. And they all go into stasis. They all wake up when the deviants come back and now you got seven days because Tiamat's coming and some of them don't like that. And some of them do and go like, you know, like it would have solved so many problems by just being like, no, you weren't out here living your life. It's just, you're all in stasis and now you're all awake and deal with it. You know, like it, it would have made so much more sense with, with the revelation that they're all like robots it's like, yeah, that's why you didn't get all snapped because none of you were living beings. Like, you know, it's it's just you're all just like great automatons or something. I don't know. <sighs> like, it seems like there was a way to write out some of these problems. Right. But I don't know. Like, okay. Where where does this movie rank for you? Um We did we did our ranking. So where I'm trying to think if I would put it in front of Captain, like Captain Marvel or not, because Captain Marvel is kind of like mm-hmm. my middle ground of it's not great, but it's not. I wouldn't put it like in the Thor Dark World kind of area, but it, it's not. Is it better? Is it better than Iron Man Two? 
So here, that's a long so, pause. That's because, a long pause. So my thought was, so my initial thought wasn't was it better? It was would I rather watch Iron Man two over Eternals? And my gut instinct was like, I would. I would rather yeah. watch Iron Man two because even though I honestly think Iron Man two is a worse movie, mm-hmm. and is I think it's bad, but it's funny. Yeah, and it's like laughably bad. But it also has some cool parts in it that are entertaining. And it's like, I think I would rather watch that over... Like, I honestly don't really feel the need to watch Eternals again after yeah. watching it the once, like... Um, like, if I were to, like, re-watch a bunch of stuff before, like, say, like, a you know, like, the Infinity, like, everyone watches all the movies yeah. before the next one. Like, it's one of those ones where I feel like it would get skipped. Like kind of like or, how Hulk gets skipped and stuff like in people's or or I might and, or I might skip to scenes yeah just fast you know, forward like, through yeah. it like so that's kind of where I feel I feel it's kind of in that middle ground of it's not bad it wasn't great like I haven't seen Shang Chi yet and I asked my friend I was like is Shang Chi better than this and he's like oh yeah it's a hundred percent hundred yeah exactly like, like Shang Chi is is in that top like 15 mcu movies mm-hmm. like i've i know people that are like it's a top five it's not it's not a top five but it, it, it's in that like 12 to 10 maybe range i could hear i could hear a case you know for it um this one is more in that like there's 25 mcu movies now it's in that 19 to 20 for yeah me, you know and i agree and i bet you this is the last one they do like this I bet you oh, yeah. it is an outlier because it, it feels very different than the formula they had cranked out for a long time. I appreciate them taking a, a leap on it. I, I like that they like tried something here. I just don't think it worked. You know? Well, and it's like you you look at what's down the pipe for Marvel, and I guess it yeah. kind of makes it because everything else that's kind of coming down is your more stereotypical, like we got Spider-Man next sure. month. And then, you know, you got Doctor Strange coming up. You got Ant-Man and Wasp 3. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to have more of your classic kind of Marvel movies on the way. So I felt like they figured this was the one that they could kind of take a risk with. Yeah. And they, they knew going in that, you know, it was going to be a risk. Like they were probably, it wasn't going to be as widely like accepted and stuff as Shang-Chi and like as these other ones are probably going to be received. But... And I mean, hey, you know, you started with 10 Eternals and by the end of the movie, you had what, six, five. Left. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, I think they did a good job of paring down the cast. And then I bet you they just show up in other movies now. You That's know? my kinda... thing is like and I told Matt that after I'm like, dude, Icarus is alive. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, he flew into the sun, but OK, like I think he's fine. You know? Yeah, I was like, I don't think they can die unless it's by, like, either, like, their hands. Like, it has to be, like, either a Celestial or yeah. something on their power level to actually kill them. Yeah. So, I, I, I you know you're seeing more Icarus. You know, I'm, I, guess what? Spoiler alert. I bet you Arishram, the judge, comes back and is like, yeah, humanity gets to live. You know, like. Yeah. Call it, call it what you want. My thing is, did you so? Um, did you see the trailer for Morbius before? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, that's so. Uh, I was like, speaking of like, 
I think I would honestly probably watch Eternals before I watched Morbius. Just based off the like, it looks like there's parts that look really cool. Yeah. But then I'm just like, God damn, dude, there's still parts that look like like 2000 like superhero movie like him flying in the subway yeah the sub so rough the subway scene looks the subway scene it it stands out like a sore thumb it does but like Like, he looks good like when he's full vampire mode i thought he actually looked decent i did too i did too so but him using his powers and stuff i'm like oh dude this is very daredevil with like the bat sonar stuff i'm like oh yeah i'm I'm holding out some level of hope for that. I think it could be cool. Like, I like the casting. I'm usually not a Jared Leto guy, but like, he fits that character. Yeah. You know? Like, right. I like it. And if they can tie it into the whole Spider Verse thing they've got working there, you know, which with the vultures in the trailer, so it seems like they are. Like, dude, that's what I don't understand is if they're trying to. I don't really see what like Sony's kind of end game is with this, whether or not. They're trying to get like Venom and Morbius mm-hmm. and all these like Sony projects that were like in the works for years and stuff. And they've got a Disney Craven movie coming. They've got a yeah. Craven movie coming too. So. I'm like, I don't know if they're trying to take all that stuff and merge it into the current like the MCU stuff, mm-hmm. or like from I've heard people trying to say too that like after this Spider-Man movie that they might be trying to take Tom Holland and like also put him into like the Sony universe. See, I, I think Sony's game is they are going to break out Spider-Man as its own, like in little MCU light, you know, like, and they're going to take the property that they lent in Marvel back and be like, Hey, now that we've got this actor that you all know is this character, here it is in our universe, you know, which honestly is smart as hell and they should do that you know it is but it's also that's also the risk they take with it because it's like they did spider-man not once but twice yeah ran it into the ground both times the reason it worked this time is because they gave it to marvel Mm -hmm. so it's one of those things where it's like all right like but do you really want to take the training wheels off now and try and like do this on your own or do you want to continue down the easy path of sharing the money with Marvel, but knowing that the money's going to be there? Well, you know, they've built up a bunch of like B movie tier villains now with, you know, you've got two Venom movies, you've got the Morbius movie coming, you've got Craven coming. So by the time they get their own Spider-Man movie back, you'll have a proper Sinister Six built up. I mean, essentially. Yeah. So I mean, who knows? We'll see how it goes. But uh, I, I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm I'm excited for Blade, though. I'm, I want Blade back in the MCU. Like, let's Dude, do that. I still, I want Doctor Doom so bad. Yeah. I want them to do Doctor Doom like Thanos, where I, I don't even want them to really introduce him in a Fantastic Four movie. Mm-hmm. I want them to, like, start building him up, like, before that on yeah. like the outside and 100%. then he just like hundred percent. I, I want, I want the end of this arc, whatever, whatever this ends up being, I want the end of it to be doom and Galactus as your big bats. And let's go, 
You know, like that's, it's the best villains Marvel has. Dr. Doom is the best villain Marvel has hands down in sentence period. And it's just sitting there waiting. Like Thanos was option B. They didn't have the rights for doom. Like the whole infinity gauntlet saga. Awesome storyline. Thanos, great villain in the history of comics. Thanos doesn't hold a candle to Dr. Doom though. Like you need doom. And that's what I really want. Like what I really want and what my friend Matt kind of said, it makes me want it even more is he said that basically like with Sokovia being destroyed, that they could do like where doom kind of like picks up the pieces of Sokovia and turns it into Latveria yeah, and stuff, totally. and then kind of takes over that area. And I was like, all I really want is an after credit scene of like a TV. It's like a TV, and like the camera kind of pans out, and it's talking about like the death of like Tony Stark and like whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you just see like a hand come up holding a remote, but it's wearing like the suit of armor. Yeah, and then just turn it off, and then like put the controller like next and on the table next to it is the helmet, and just be like. He's like, it's time or whatever. And then just picks the helmet up and it's like, give me doom. (laughs) I want it. Or it ends, or you see something like in the ruins of Sokovia, like a revolution happening and someone stepping to a mic or a podium that, and you just see the metal glove, grab the podium and then cut. You know, yeah. like, or something and, like that. And that's what I said, too. I thought it'd be hilarious if, like, in the MCU, Doom's suit was, like, melted down Ultron bodies and stuff from Sokovia, yeah. like, the aftermath and stuff. It's all that, like, vibranium and whatever. That'd be sweet. And he would be, he would be perfect as a villain in, like, uh, Black Panther. Like, Black Panther mm-hmm. 2, he would be, like, the perfect, like, to go. But they need to build him up to that level. But I was like, he would be a great, like, you know, going to Wakanda, like trying to take like their technology, like whatever, like he's a good villain yeah. for that. See, I don't know if you're doing another 20 movie arc or something. Black Panther two might be too early to introduce him. I don't know. Yeah. That's why it might have to be like black Panther three at this point, yeah. since they haven't like built him up, but, but you gotta, I agree. Like maybe, maybe some hints and nods that have him like working in the shadows right now. Yeah. You know? And that'd be cool just to even see like, you know, even in like Spider-Man um, three or whatever, like mm. a little ticker, like a little ticker thing on like a news or something yeah. saying that like, oh, they like, like Victor or whatever gave an announcement today, like something like hinting at, okay, he does exist in yeah. this unit somewhere yeah. out there. He's making moves. Yeah, totally. I'm with you. Well, all right. I think we have an episode. So yeah, uh, thank do. you. <laughs> Almost two hours later. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. This, these episodes when it's just me and Justin, it's, it's always going to be like, oh, let's just get this quick one knocked out. And then we find tangents and we just walk down <laughs> these roads. And next thing you know, it's been two hours. So uh, thank you all for hanging in there with us. I appreciate it. And uh, Justin, why don't you go ahead and uh, land this plane? You know what, guys? <laughs> thank you guys for listening to another episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. You know, head on over to the Discord. There's a lot of pictures going on right now of this new flavor of Mountain Dew. It looks disgusting. I don't know if Shannon has drinking it or not. I think he might need it for all mm-hmm. the, the weird hours he's been working. He needs that gratuitous gingerbread Mountain Dew energy. Yes. Um, <laughs> but 
You know, if if you're drinking it, let us let us know what you think. What do you think it tastes like, and would you drink it again? I I think the biggest tell is uh, Jordan posted that he bought one, but did not post a review of drinking it. I think that speaks <laughs> volumes. I think it's like okay, okay. I bet. Yeah, it was it was it a waste, Jordan? You need to uh, comment in the Discord. Let us know uh, yes. your thoughts on the beverage, and. While uh, you're mulling over those thoughts, you know, if you listen to us on iTunes, give us a review. Let us know what you think, what you like, what you don't like. If you got your own comments on Eternals, we also have a spoiler section on the Discord, too, where we can talk about spoilery stuff since there's mm-hmm. not really any Disney Plus show, anything going on right now. It hasn't been as active as it has been in the past couple months. But, you know, head on over. And uh, Zach, if Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? Robbie would say, Justin, your addiction, it's left you homeless and it is literally killing you. It has broken my heart over and over with your broken promises and your broken trust. If you're not willing to take part in this process, I will not answer texts or phone calls where you're asking me for money. I will not in any way support your addiction. You could not stay at my house or drive my car. You will be on your own. It's not all right to keep enabling you to live like this. I can only support your life if you're willing to help yourself.